0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Prince Podcast here on PodcastJuice.net. We are back very official. We got everybody in the building. Uh, so I'm going to quickly get into this. First of all, up on deck, we have Mr. Day Dropping. How are you, sir? I am
1: doing well, Mike. Back in my very long hiatus, but I'm glad to be back with the Four Horsemen making it happen.
0: Yes, yes. And next up, we have Mr. I'm about to say Q-Stone. We have Mr. Big Sexy and Sack.
2: Are you, Ah, Gentlemen, gentlemen, I am well. I got my headphones on, got my little uh, mic on my my little headset here. And I like how Ernie used the four horsemen, takes me back to the mid-80s of NWA wrestling. That's right. (laughs) Right
0: (laughs) And we also are joined by Mr. Big Ken himself. How are you, sir?
3: I'm good, man. Glad to be back with the other four horsemen. I can't believe you brought up the old school wrestling. Wow. All
0: right. And my name is Michael Dean. And of course, we do the Prince podcast. Uh, I want to say hello. Thank you. And welcome to Everybody from uh, freedomtrainonline.com that was our old home now we are at a new spot podcastjuice.net and just to put it out there what happened with freedom train it just kind of got it, it got to the station we got to the end of the ride and it was nice. time to hang that up and get on something new so it was nothing bad that happened it was just kind of you know every once in a while you got to dust off your clothes get some new pants on new suit and you know, refresh yourself. So that's what we do, and uh, we are back on a grind. I also must invite you to check out the podcast Juice Podcast, which is done twice a week, and so we got good things in store. But today, Prince Podcast, we are going to do something something that we don't normally do on this show, and at, <clears throat> that is to review a uh, bootleg or a collection of unreleased songs. Uh, So the one that we're going to talk about today is called Perfect Unrelease Prince, and it is a collection of tracks that pretty much span just about every era of the Prince discography. And there's a lot of tracks to discuss here. Actually, this is uh, broken into almost two releases or two parts. So we're going to deal with just the first part. Because a lot to go through some of the tracks fans have heard before but i think the one of the appeals of this release was that uh the sound quality on a lot of these songs uh is a lot better than we've ever heard and there are a few um uh, different versions of songs possibly and there's a couple of new songs that have never been uh circulated before widely so definitely some good stuff in here and uh you know i take whatever i can get these days uh In regards to Prince music, because, of course, we're still waiting on a new record. Um, Actually, you know, uh, in Prince News, I actually heard of there's some talk that Prince may do a concert in uh, St. Paul, like outside or something like that. Have you guys heard about this?
2: Yeah, I did read a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: hopefully that can happen. Uh, I don't know when the last time he's done a show in his hometown, but that would definitely be nice. And uh, before we get into this real quick, because, again, I know we haven't heard from a lot of people on this thing. and just want to give everybody a chance to get up to speed. Big Ken, quickly, what's been going on with you, man?
3: Nothing, man. Still doing my thing. Still got the uh, Flavor Foundation radio podcast going. I just actually did a special edition show uh, a couple weeks ago that it on old-school golden age hip-hop. So what? I got another show. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, you need to check it out. Okay. Uh, I got a, episode 34 in the can, but I haven't, you know, I have to put the finishing touches on it. Doing my own tracks, got a uh, new collection of songs. I'm trying to put the finishing touches on it so I can drop it in another month or two, hopefully, uh, if, if I can find the time. But other than that, man, I'm just uh, holding on, bruh.
0: Hold on. What's the website they can go check the show out at?
3: www.theflavorfoundation.com
0: All right. So we'll be checking that out. Day dropping. You haven't been on the podcast in (laughs) ages, bro. I haven't. But you know what? I don't have too many
1: really crazy technical things going on like that. For me, it's been more a matter of moving from one house to another. We recently moved out, upgraded, got the two-story Barbie house and um, Man and all the work that goes along with that. So um, nice. I've been getting it, laying it down on the
0: domestic end. All right, we respect that, love that family always. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Big sexy in sack, sir. We we talk from time to time. You you've been on some of the other shows, but uh, and you always like the last thing you told us about was you were working with a musician uh, from like the funkadelic
2: yes, era. Yes, so
0: what, what's going on with that?
2: I I am doing a little. uh We'll work with the Brides of Funkenstein. I'm helping them uh, go out there and get some tour dates happening and do other things. And just by happenstance, I'm going to hijack a little bit, Uh, there's a big funk fest here in California next month, and we're trying to get them on the bill, but it was already too late. But it turns out the man promoting that show is a friend of mine. And the headlining act is going to be Mars Day in the Time. Not the original seven, but Mm -hmm. Mars Day in the Time. That's so I called the you know, we had lunch and uh, I just said flat out, we've been friends for years, I need a backstage pass, what's up? He's all, done deal. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> and also, I'm branching my legal out into sports management because mm-hmm. a couple of judges have, have pulled me aside independent of each other and said, you need to look into this. And so, this is going to happen. This wow. is going to happen. Okay. Breaking it up to the NBA and the NFL.
0: Very nice. There you go. Now, see, ladies and gentlemen, that's, we got top tier people on here. We got judges and family, men, We got musicians. Listen, it's, it's, it's getting very serious over here. Podcast juice. I will say this, and we will definitely get the show started. Uh, sexy, man, you need to do like a law, layman's law, you know, ins and outs, how to be a lawyer. What it, You need to do a podcast about your life. That's all I That's all I you know guess. what
3: we're going to have to do? We're going to have to give Big Sexy a new nickname, and we're going to have to start calling him Gasoline Draws because he's about to blow
0: up. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, man, uh, congratulations, definitely, for real.
2: Oh, uh, thank you, thank you. Hey, Mike, it's just like you and Kent, and they dropping you guys, all say the same thing. Put in the work, man. You put in the work, and you get what you get. Yeah, there you go.
0: There you go. And we are going hard, body, over here at podcast juice so of course well, all we know is 10 we go hard now let's get into this Prince thing and the fans are like will you shut up and talk about it? yes so let's get into the, this is the perfect unreleased Prince uh, this was a I don't know who put this out Now on mine's it says according to DJ Sandman and Lars something or whatever I don't know if that's on everybody's uh, but again mm-hmm. who really puts out these boots that is a, unto a show unto itself Um, and now I'm not going to, we're not going to talk about like where you can find this and, you know, we're not promoting, um, you know, stolen and stealing sort of stuff. I don't think anybody's paid for this, but we're going to talk about this on the basis of we are obviously very much fans and, 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 uh, love this music uh, and respect it. And a lot of these tracks we've heard over the years. And again, when you're really into something and there's something new that comes out of it, you can't help but like, ah, we so respect it and appreciate it so much. We're going to go through this stuff and just like, ugh, be in just heaven with this. And of course, you know, we love this music. So that's why we do this. So much respect to Mr. Prince. Um, it's not a disrespect thing <coughs> we are doing. Let's say that. All right. So the first track, we can work it out. And this is a track, I believe, coming from like 79, 77 70, or 79 era. Um, I believe this track is in reference to Prince uh, basically signing with Warner Brothers. Uh, and the song talks about, you know, they can make, work it out and make music, uh, make music together and all this good stuff. Um, I remember originally hearing this song on the boot uh, Studio Nights, which was an excellent Uh, release years ago uh, and this was on there with a whole bunch of other songs from this particular time frame I've always liked this track Uh, it definitely has that vibe of the first Prince album sort of the second Prince album Uh, Big Ken what's your take on We Can Work It Out
3: Yeah I I agree with you man this is an excellent uh, track from the early Prince era you're right probably 77 78 somewhere in that range you know he's going off doing his one man band thing and doing it well. Uh, I love the arrangements, especially the vocal arrangements and the harmonies, man. It's just beautiful the way he does it, and it gets really funky in the choruses with that kind of slight disco feel to it. Mm -hmm. Um, He's doing the bass popping and all that, just vintage 70s, you know, late 70s Prince. And and like you uh, mentioned, you know, when I hear it now, though, it's just ironic, you know, how this track is basically positive and it's celebrating this union with Warner Brothers you know and there's hope you know as he says that they'll quote be making music naturally me and the wb you know what i'm saying when we all know in hindsight how that turned out so it's just ironic to hear it but it's still an excellent track
0: yes yes <laughs> making music naturally me and, me WB. and the wb <laughs> 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 that's hilarious uh day dropping what's your take on this song
1: um I, I dig the song I mean i i remember hearing it also from the studio nights um, way back in the day and um, my take on it is that it, it it's a neat song you guys hit on it the harmonies are great the way he does it. and that's really at the time when he was more than anything else really demonstrating is that he was really good at, at harmonizing um, it, it's a nice track and you know I was thinking about this uh, last night, you know, if I if I was to score these, what what would I sc- how would I score them in which Uh-oh. way? And uh, here here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now when you when I score stuff, I gotta score it off of. This is the final thing, and this is this is it. None of these are finalized. We can't. We have to assume that none of these are finalized, and have to respect it in that way. So I'm not really uh, scoring it so much on that. Whether I dig it or not, it's a thing. And does it sound better than what I previously have heard? With this one here, it's a great track. Dig it. It's a good fundamental track. Uh, it sounds a hell of a lot better than anything that I've heard before. So I'm gonna give this one a solid eight. All
0: right, all right, um, big sexy. What
2: you you know, I got a I got a co-sign because this sounds like it could be right on the first album. You know, right between you know, crazy you or something like that. And you can you can hear that that type of voice and vocal. Harmonization that he was doing back then, uh, he did step away from this obviously as he as he developed further, but this sounds like it, I don't want to say throwaway. I hate that phrase, but this is something that was definitely in those first sessions back with oh god what was his name Chris Moon I believe you can tell because it's got that type type, type of a uh, timestamp on it, and it's good and it does have a disco feel to it. Takes you right back, you know, to the polyester slacks and the and the whole nine and This is a good piece. I I definitely enjoyed
0: it. Yeah, you know, I was uh, trying to jar my memory. I I, want to say, and I'm not going to be definite here, but I I wonder if this was one of the tracks Prince made specifically for Warner Brothers in terms of like, you know, when he first got signed and there was just a little concern of, you know, can this guy handle being in the studio by himself? Uh, And I want to think this was the the song that he had made when uh, they had... A producer come down and see if he could definitely in fact handle himself and of course he you know proved proved that he could but uh, i have to look that up maybe one of the listeners will one of the geniuses out there will definitely chime in and let us know that i'm sure all right so let's move on the next track here is uh Moom, moon beam levels uh definitely coming from uh, i want to say on uh, 1999 sort mm-hmm. of edge its way in a purple rain era mm-hmm. um day dropping what's your take
1: yeah definitely an outtake out of 1999 this is one of the classic ones that everybody talks about um when you get on the org uh it was one of the highly voted on tracks when prince was asking for tracks to be included on the never done crystal ball two set um this is one of the main ones that was asked for it, it, this is a a, a trippy track and I gotta be honest, with you, I still to this day have no idea what Moonbeam levels are, but I mean, I think it's cool. I mean, when I first heard it, I thought before I knew the name of the of the track, I thought it was saying movie labels, and pff, it didn't make no sense even then. But you know, it, it's it's neat. I I I like uh, the intro. I know that we're that's it's one of those songs where you when you hear the beginning, you know what song what song it is. Um, but the way he the, the lyrics on it are just very trippy and and really out there. Uh, it, it, it I guess it could kind of fit in with with 1999 had it been included in there, but it still seems like a, a very much a transition piece out of 99 out of 1999 into Purple Rain. So it's kind of like one, you know every once in a while Prince will do these tracks where they don't quite fit in with the rest of the songs that he was doing at the time. Um, yep, a, a lot of this stuff he did during the uh, parade era. He did a lot of these songs that didn't quite fit in. Um, there's others here with that stands out with that type of a track, and this one seemed to me like that as well. Good track though, very neat, very experimental, and that's you got to dig that. Um, as far as far as uh, scoring this one, because it's a fan favorite, man, you've always wanted to hear it in pretty good uh, sound. This is really good. Um, this one again, it's another eight, eight out of ten. Is a good track.
0: All right, Big Sexy.
2: You know, I like it because it's got that little, dun, 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 which, again, takes you right back to that pre rain post-1999 era. And if you think about popular music at that time, not that he was copying anybody, but a lot of people were influenced with keyboards of that style. A lot of the New Wave English stuff was really big at the time, and you can hear that now. You know, Dave and mentioned a crystal ball too. Uh, I did not hear about this, so what the hell? But we'll get to that in a minute. But the thing is, though, the song itself, I, I like it. You know, it's one of the one of the standout tracks on this collection. And as I listened to this collection last night and this morning, correct me if I'm mistaken, but weren't a lot of these taken from like various sources at various times? So it's not like one one released set. So, for instance, a couple of things on the second disc are taken from, I believe, the the Birthday Party CD. But regardless, it's a great song. It's really synth-heavy, but not overly done. Again, you could have released, released this as a single back then, and it was done very well.
0: All right. Big Ken.
3: Yeah, for me personally, uh, I, I, I think this is easily one of the best underrated, I mean, excuse me, best of the un, unreleased Prince uh, joints, the bootlegs, man, you're right, recorded during the 1999 sessions. And to me, it could have easily fit on that album. I mean, I could have placed it like right after like automatic or something like that on on side B. It would have been it would have fit real well. But, you know, it's funny that that, uh, they drop and mention that, you know, it don't make no sense because as many times as I've heard this song, I've never been quite able to figure out what the title means in relations to the lyrics and as, as great as they are the lyrics are all over the place I mean at one point he's equating the end of a relationship you know with nuclear World war war 3 then he goes on to mention a condo overlooking the rings of Saturn which is a great line by the way and then he speaks on the fate of a newborn child in the bridge and it's like you know I don't see how any of that stuff connects it's pretty abstract stuff but I love it anyway and to me, you know, it, it kind of adds to the uniqueness of the track. So all in all, I, I, it's a favorite of mine. It's a brilliant, brilliant song to me. And it is nice to have it in this quality. Uh, I, you know, a lot of times, too, man, you know, when I make my little playlists up, a lot of times I'll stick this in into the 1999 track flow, you know, and it, it fits right in pretty well to me, man. So I, I love this track.
0: All right. We got to keep it moving. We got a lot to go through. Wonderful ass. Number one. Um, I'm just gonna quickly say on this that we we covered this on Box of Chocolates. Um just a brilliant funk R and B sort of song that to me should have been released. I don't you know, I don't understand why you would not put this song out. Uh but again, this sounds just as good as it sounded on Box of Chocolates, in my opinion. Uh you know, Wendy and Lisa's on here doing their thing. Prince on here, the guitar and everything. It's just classic. Song I play this song I still anytime time I make a CD or I'm playing something in the car this song just always finds itself on there and I'm always blasting it and it's just a classic joint um, Big Ken. You know, I got to co-sign with you, Mike. All
3: I can really say about this is that to me, this is one of his the best, one of his most funky, uh, the most greasy, filthy, McNasty, whatever adjective you want to use tracks ever. And to me, it's a it's a travesty. It's a sham. It's a mockery. It's a travesty mockery. (laughs) <laughs> that, this track, that, this track, that this track and the rest of the Roadhouse Garden album, which this track was rumored to be part of, it never have you know never got proper release. And I'm with you on this, man. I don't for the life of me, I can't figure out why. Because the song is as pretty much as close to perfect as you can get. I mean, it's the the bass popping is kicking the the beat, the guitars. Wendy is on the rhythm guitar, she's killing it, and then Prince's guitar is being run through. These flange effects throughout the song, man, and it's, it's crazy. Especially when you get around the three-minute fifty-second mark, where he's just going off, and it's just like I, I look at it this. I, I call tracks like this. I call these my Prince one-on-one tracks. And what I mean by that is, if you were trying to explain the essence of Prince to a novice, you know, somebody would come up to you and say, "Hey, man, why do you like Prince so much?" This would be one of the, you know, Exhibit A. You know, this is, this is, it's a masterpiece, man. It's it's just, you know, I don't understand why it's never been released, man. So it's excellent. What can I say?
2: Sexy
0: inside.
2: You know, I got a co-sign. I love this. I think as far as releasing it back then, I think it would have been one of those types where instead of making like a, a, a lead single, it could be like a B side, like, like a irresistible bitch was erotic city and just blow up underground first and then let the, you know, main population catch up, catch up to it. Now, Kim mentioned this is part of the Roadhouse Garden project. Is there an actual sequence of out or music on that or for that desk? Because I have ne- never been able to track that down. And if there's a list out there, I'll go ahead and put it together myself. But I like hey, this.
3: I, I start, yeah, th- there's a couple of sites that show, sure. I'll give them to you offline. But yeah, this was one, one of the, it, this was rumored to be on there. Although it was probably recorded you know, a little bit earlier, but it was rumored to be on there, you know. But you know how he changes his mind, so who knows if oh, it was, yeah you know, there for certain or not.
0: All right. Uh Mr. Daydropping, just in because of the order of time, uh if you give us your score on this.
1: One. Yeah, that's what I was gonna do because on everybody pretty much covered on it. It nine out of ten. And the reason it ain't a ten, simple because it doesn't really add nothing to the quality of the sound. It sounds just like box chocolates.
0: Nine, nine out of 10. ten. Right on, right on. Next up. Another classic, Old Friends for Sale, uh, number two. Um, <clears throat> of course, this song, not this particular version, but this song <clears throat> was officially released. Is actually the title of an album, um, which was sort of like a compilation, sort of one of my last albums on my contract sort of deal. And I love the version that is officially released, but I really love this version because it has the lyrics that are, are slightly different. It's a very uh, personal song. Uh, the instrumentation is a little different. Uh, of course, you can hear Claire Fisher's strings. I will say this quickly about this song, because everybody's heard this. This is one of those songs back when Under the Cherry Moon came out. I was like, I I don't know how I knew about it, but somehow I heard about it. And I was like, oh, yeah. that. Oh, it was on the, um, I know why I heard about it. It was the interview Prince did on uh, Rolling Stone where he was on the cover, with the screenshot from uh, Raspberry Beret. Uh, they mentioned this song in that interview, like, "Yeah, I'm working on this song, blah blah blah." And I was like, "Oh, I can't wait to re- I can't wait to hear this one." And so when that album came out, the Parade album, and this wasn't on there, I was like, "What the fuck?" But <laughs> I always—it was just one of those things. Like, I, right. I, I, I mean, the, just the title of the song alone was just like, "Yo, I, I got to hear this." I know it was like it was supposed to be a personal sort of song. So when I finally heard this, whenever I heard it back in the days, I was just like, "Wow!" Like, <laughs> if he would have put this out, I mean, just the instrumentation and and what he was doing was so like different from obviously uh, anything, and, and it fits right along with the rest of Parade. But it's so, to me, I would say it so speaks of the Under the Cherry Moon movie to me. Like when I hear it. The music, I mean, even some of the string arrangements are used in the movie, in the backgrounds.
2: Mm -hmm. And it's
0: just like, man, this is brilliant. And then the lyrics, probably one of the most real songs he's written where, I mean, he's really going in on his camp and like where he was at at that particular time. You know, he's talking, uh, rumored to be talking about Morris, uh, you know, things about his band and his friends and people leaving and things like that. I just thought this was such a cold song, and I wish he had the balls or whatever it was to have put that out back then. Uh, d- just brilliant. Uh, this one starts, you can hear him kind of counting it down. I would assume that, I don't know if The Revolution is playing on this or if it's Sheila playing the drums or is he playing the drums. Just, brilliant track. That's all I can say. I would love to hear him do this song live, if not for just one. Even now, I would still like to hear him do it because I just think this is a great song um big sexy and insect what should take on old friends for sale
2: you know it's be hard to follow up what you just said the thing is i had never heard this song until that album came out old friends for sale and wow th- the circumstances behind that album coming out you know we all know it will just contract obligation so i never really gave this uh, a real shot until a few years ago and i like everything i heard about it i love the horns And I love the fact that it's so personal and so—I don't want to say low-key, but just so, ah, for lack of a better phrase, low-key and delivered and serious and, you know, he talks about things that he needs to talk about wanted to get off his mind at the time. But, again, had Warners and Prince not had beef and this been released as part of a set that he wanted to do and not just something to meet a contract— I would have probably given it more attention. But so now I'm like way behind the curve on this. I'm just catching up on it, but I'm, I'm definitely liking it. All right, all
0: right. Uh, day dropping. What's your spin? What's your ratings?
1: Well, you know, with, with this one, I've you kind of covered on it. I've always, uh, when I heard the official released one, uh, I liked the instrumentation on it. And I was like, gosh, wouldn't I would love to somehow be able to melt this version, take out the lyrics and just take the lyrics of the original version um and and put them together and get a nice package that way because the other version that i've heard of this didn't have so much instrumentation or if it did it was so drowned it out because it was uh, a lower quality transfer um this time around you you get that i don't know if well it says it's the number two so i'm assuming it's one where he did actually put in claire fisher's in there and and it sounds like the more complete version of the song for me um I think it's it's great. It's awesome the way it sounds. The lyrics so personal, the, and the things that he talks about. And it's, this has been discussed all over the place. Uh, first about people digging it, uh, dogging it for the way things were going on. Then about Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis. Then about Chuck uh, Chick uh, Hunts, Huntsbury. Yeah. Uh, uh, all these things that were going on in his life. I can see why he didn't do it after you read uh, like "Possessed." Those those that book, you know, you have a better idea as to why he didn't release this stuff. It was just too personal. But because it's so personal, it makes it so good. And um it, this is great. Sound quality, awesome. This is the best that I've seen yet. Ten out of ten. Easy. Big Ken. Nothing else to add other than to say
3: it should have been on parade. I can't find any good reason why it wasn't. All That's right. all there is to say about that
0: all right all right and and yeah there are a couple of different versions of this uh song uh instrumentation wise and lyric wise slight differences all right moving along to oh, this is an interesting manic monday and of course this was a, a big hit for the bangles back in the 80s um and this is the apollonia 6 version if i'm not mistaken um and of course, I guess you know, the original intent was to have them do it. Um, this, it's, this is weird for me because normally I like the original th- of songs, but, but I actually probably like the instrumentation a little bit better uh, for the Bengals version. I don't know, just it's just not as complicated or something to me. But I still, I like this. I think this song is just a great pop song. You know, that whole it's actually like it's, it, it sounds like it would be kind of a lighthearted thing, but to me, when I hear this song, at least when I hear this version, I actually think it's more of a dark <laughs> song. There's something haunting about the... Just the way he's playing it. I could see it can be performed either way. It's a very interesting sort of uh, instrumentation, I should say. Um, but I think it's a brilliant song, like something where he can write and say, Hey here's this great song do it and you know i've never heard a prince version of the song i mean in terms of him singing it um so i don't know if he would if i would have a different opinion of it but i like this version as well again i just really like the melody he's doing on here and, and it's just great to me and the lyrics are very cool uh big ken what's your take on this
3: yeah i think this is a great uh prince pen track that for me shares some dna with tracks from around the world in the day Particularly like Raspberry Beret, because like you said, those tracks have that airy, you know, light melodic quality that's almost whimsical, for Mm -hmm. lack of a better term. And that's where I would put this Manic Monday. I would have loved to hear a Prince Studio version of it in the context of that album. In fact, I think a Prince Studio version fully fleshed out.
2: Hello. We lose Kim? Uh-oh.
0: I think, ladies and gentlemen, we've got our first technical boo-ha-ha. (laughs) <laughs> so let me see <clears throat> what's going on with Ken. Actually, yeah, we did. I'm just gonna pull him right back into this. I'm gonna keep going. Mm-hmm. So while we're doing that, <laughs> uh, day dropping. What's your take on this?
1: It's um, yo yo yo.
3: Uh, yeah, we, oh, we, wait, wait, oh, let him finish. There you let go. It finish. Go ahead. Oh, okay. What? How, I don't even know what happened.
0: I don't know. He just fell out. But that's we're good. Okay,
3: my bad. Okay, all I was saying was, is yeah, it this this track shares some DNA with the. Tracks from Around the World a Day, you know, real airy and quality, kind of whimsical. And I, I would have liked to have heard a, a studio version from Prince of this fully fleshed out in the context of Around the World of Day. I think it would have fit really, very nicely on that album.
0: All right. Uh, day dropping.
1: I like the Bengals one much better. This isn't bad. And I think you, you hit the nail on the head, Michael, when you said that this is kind of like a dark version of it. And I never quite thought of it that way, but that's really it for me is it, because it's so such a lighthearted type of song to me when the bangles sang it it's just seem more better suited for them uh the way they sang it and um you know it what i like on this one is that I, I i never really paid attention enough to it to hear prince doing background vocals on it a layered vocal on it um and maybe that was just a different version of it i don't know but i know the quality before wasn't very good on this. So, quality wise, it really bumps things up from the way it was. I thought it was an okay song when he sang it, but by then, by the time I'd heard it, I was so used to hearing the Bangles version, I had no idea. It was more of like, oh, so he, that's why he did write this. I remember Alexander Nevermind was the uh, pen name that he used when he wrote it. and But I'd never heard this version, so when I heard it, I thought, oh, okay, that's cool, but I like the Bangles one better. So, um, it's okay. It's not the best for me scoring it. Eh, I give it a six.
2: Tight.
0: <laughs> <sighs> All right, uh, big sexy. If uh, you take us home on that real quick.
2: <clears throat> well, let me go ahead and start some shit now because Uh-oh. six is being really generous. <laughs> you know, uh, as most of us are, I'm familiar with the Bengals version of the song, and you know, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, Apollonia. No, no, you can hear how limited her vocals are in the song. There is no dynamic range to her voice in the delivery of the song whatsoever. It is not tailored to her. You know, the Bengals took it and did whatever they did with it in collaboration with Prince. But this should not have ever been released by the, by the Apollonia 6, because there's just no way they can pull this off. And it's, to me, it sounds like a demo of a song that was prepared for the Bangles for them to go ahead and take and do what they want to do with it. Because this, to me, it's clearly just studio tinkering and not meant for uh, <laughs> release. And that's not a that's not a burn. But Apollonia's not a singer; she's an actress. You know, she's a model. She's not a singer. Well, you can hear her here.
0: Fine, if she is. She don't have to, know how to sing. not a singer. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. It, it's it's. I always thought it was interesting when I heard that they did the song. I was like, man, uh, they they could have had some. I don't. Well, that's the thing. Do you do you really think? Dude, ugh, dude, would you have thought? Slow down, Michael, Would you have thought that this song would have been a hit if they put it out? No. Yeah. I wonder if this song had been in the movie, and then they put it out, would it have been a hit? I think it might have then. Just the, you know, riding the wave of. Yeah. As opposed yeah. to like six, "Sex Shooter," which. Eh. I'm telling
3: y'all, if Prince would have did it, and really did put his full stamp on it, it would have been tight. If he would have did it. If he would
0: have did it. All right, all right. So that's Manic Monday. Uh, We got to move along here. Next up is I can't love you anymore. Uh, Uh Uh-oh. I love Uh this. Uh (laughs) And uh, Uh this is I can't love you anymore. Uh, This comes from, now we're jumping way ahead in years. This is from the uh, boarded music from the uh, I'll Do Anything movie. Uh, and quickly you know the movie I'll Do Anything go ahead and google that I think Nick Nolte starred in that Uh, Prince it was originally going to be sort of like a musical with the music by Prince and performances by the actors doing the Prince songs and apparently it was shot that way and then uh, test screenings people thought it was terrible so they took out all of those parts and just released it as a normal sort of a, a drama comedy thing but there is a lot there are a lot of Prince tracks from that sessions there that have uh made them way their way out and this was one of them um i remember hearing this probably early 2000 or something like that and i, I was just like man it, it seemed like something i would normally not hear prince do i mean it was this piano and just very dark sort of sad uh performance but it was just so i don't know it seems like so real or something i was like where is this from? Like, gosh, this is great, and I always love this song. Uh, I was playing this the other day, actually, for somebody, and they were just like, "Man, this is such a sad song," <laughs> and I was like, "It is, but it's just I just like that." I mean, the stuff he's just, the guy is just naturally soulful and just like emotional in his music, and this is one of those songs where it really comes forward, so i love this track now it does to me this version here is no different than uh what's been circulating before so i, I always kind of wonder why some of these songs are on here but this is just a great song to itself so, a uh, day dropping curious what you think about this
1: um the simplicity of the song is what really makes it and yes it's very soulful the way he sings it um it sounds much better this version here but i beg to differ it actually is a little bit different this is a different recording from the previous one and you can tell by You're the way right. it ends. You're right. It ends a little bit different in the end, but, but it's almost identical. I will say this it's almost identical. Uh, it's just slight different. But it, what was evident in the first version that, that I'm sure we all heard that's on this one, it, again, like I said, it's the simplicity of the music. It's just him, piano, and heart and when you got an artist that can put those three things together like that just or just a guitar themselves and and their heart and soul then you gotta have a very uh personal sounding song for all we know this was actually written for an ex-girlfriend or something and he was pining at the time and it just happened to work out great for the for the soundtrack um under the assumption that this is not the final version man i would love to hear a latter version of this track just to hear what else he would have done with it. Uh, I don't think it needs too much more, though. It's very beautiful the way it is. So on um, that basis, and the fact that this sounds so much better than, a, than the previous version that we heard, I'm going to give this one a solid nine. It's a beautiful song. Very simple very beautiful.
0: All right, and I'm going to ask this, just because of the time. Uh, between Big Ken, Big Sexy... Is, is somebody feeling this more than the other that want to speak? Oh, mine will
3: be, mine'll be real quick. It's okay, all right. Ahead. Ahead. It's a demo. It sounds like a demo. It's all right. <laughs> oh, wow. <no. laughs> I mean, it's a demo. He recorded in like a hotel room or something. It's a demo. It sounds like a demo. Yeah, his vocals are nice and all, but eh, you know, I can pass on it. All
0: right. All right. Man, what so I think you say to the face? Stop. <laughs> Big Sexy and sack.
2: Well, this is something that sounds like it could have fit in with the uh, One Night Alone solo and piano CD that he released to the fan club members or something he could put into to the Musicology acoustic guitar set. It's just that stripped down and that good. It would have fit right in with uh, things like that.
0: All right. Now, this next track, Extra Lovable, we're just going to agree that this is some classic stuff, and we're also going to agree that there needs to be like a studio version of this version that the needs full to be fleshed
1: out 100 yeah. percent ready to go out the door yes exactly
0: i don't i don't hear anything different on this version than and, i've heard anything and
1: different. i don't know my like, god I, I don't want to hear an updated version of it because we've heard it yeah, and it's yeah. okay but no no give me this version clean it up uh do what kiss did and remaster this and and just put it out there it deserves it
0: i agree and the sad thing is it probably will never happen because again he's yeah. just gonna say hey well i got this version from a year ago that's the real version <laughs> Yeah. And we've already talked about that. So <laughs> we're gonna move on to that. I wonder um I wanna say this comes from I remember a very early Diamonds and Pearls boot boot. Yeah, it was
3: one called Yellow. There there he is. Is. There yes. Something I remember
0: yellow. hearing this on there. Uh Big Ken, what's your take on
3: I Wonder? I love it. To me it's one of the most the more underrated Prince boots. From the early 90s I think it was 92 he did this the thing about this track I love to me it echoes that whole minimalist uh, you know simplicity kind of like tracks like kiss like big tall wall if you think about it it's just a beat It's one repeated note on a synthesizer and it's just Prince passionately wondering out loud of this woman that he craves is thinking about him it's a place that we've all been at some time or another and to me it works because the layered vocals he got man you know they, they sell it it's passionate and there's some great lyrics in the song, too, man. I like when he says, I, I wonder what grounds below her. I wonder what skies above. I wonder if she knows how much I extra absolutely so complete and sweetly love her. That's dope. <laughs> dope. I great song. I love, I her. love yep. her. That's right. That's tight, <laughs> man. That's 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 a tight cut. I love
0: it. Yeah, I'll just mine quick. Two things. Well, there's three with two. First one, the, the doom boom doom, doom I mean, just, <laughs> that's my man right there. And then, uh, this? then again, maybe not. And then there's another one—a lyric. Just the flow of it, I can't think of right now. But he just like it's like a, he's like almost rapping. Like he's, you remember when he was talking about how all other girls are dumb, dumber than a post. Something. Yeah, dumb. than yeah, yeah, thing. And he go. Do, 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 do. <laughs> it's, oh, oh, man. it's track it is so underrated. Yeah, he's crazy. Uh yeah. big, sexy inside.
2: Ah, uh, hey, you guys covered it all. <laughs> I like how he did the. Um, I mean, I know what kind of studio trick you do to make, accomplish this, but when you do the the chorus, is that him just repeating his voice over electronically, or is it, is it layering the tracks over? Whatever it is, it's good. I, I love it. He's just layering. Yeah. He's just layering
0: hmm Uh it is day, very well done. Day dropping. What's the rating on this one, man?
1: Oh man, rating on this is a ten out of ten. You kidding okay, me? I'm about this, to say
0: one of ten. <laughs> I'm gonna hang up. <laughs> no <laughs> did, did you,
1: this this yeah, because I remember hearing this back in the day when when, you know, with the girl, then not the girl, and this and that. Oh man, this this is bring back some memories. This is good okay. stuff. Good stuff. Let me all right, let me calm down now. All right, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. I wonder. Definitely a, a classic. Uh, next up is Train, and uh, of course, this is coming from uh, the uh, Dream Factory uh, boot from years ago. I think it was the first time I had heard it. Um, I, I, I like this song. Um, it was. I had to kind of warm up to a little bit, but I really like it now. So I don't know if there's any a day dropping or any differences between this version and that one.
1: Not not that I can hear. I mean, it's, it's, it sounds just as clear as the one from uh, that one other boot. Well, the, the, the Dream Factory boot. It sounds just as good as that. Um, this had the same motif, that train type of motif. Thing they had a lot of tracks, like uh, uh, the, the, the one after our, that segues out of Our Destiny, Roadhouse Garden, talking about trains there. He was on a train trip at the time, I guess. And um, good song, though. It's great. I mean, release, release that boot. Release that boot and pristine quality as well, and, and make everybody any doubts go away where the dude can, can make it happen. I mean, man, there's songs like these, they have to be released. It's crazy. So, uh, scoring wise, that's, a, that's another 10. For me, really? oh, it's so yeah. experimental. It's so crazy. <laughs> it's so all over the place like that. You got Lisa and Wendy doing beautiful backgrounds. Um, that train effect is so cool. That, that's badass, man. You can't beat that. You know, when I first heard that, I thought, "Wow, that's a train." Yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even know the name of the track, and I go, "That's a train." I mean, ah, oh. it's all it's everywhere. I dig it. Everything's beautiful. The horns, the way the way they just hit in, it's tight. It's a tight track. The back, mm-hmm. the eh, mm-hmm. ah, ah,
0: 10. You know what, just something, and I'm just making this up, but I'm, it's just a thought because, you know, it's a lot of his songs are connected in very weird ways. You remember um, Roadhouse Garden? Now, mm-hmm. I'm going off of the live version. I haven't heard the studio version, which may, in fact, may be the live version. But, you know, it has that whole train thing in there towards yeah. the mm-hmm. end. I, I'm just very curious. I wonder if these songs are somehow connected like.
1: yeah like i said he was on this whole trip it, to me it seemed like he was on a trip doing things with train related and it's like because you know he goes in these little spurts where certain songs have a certain sound to him and this mm-hmm. and that you know you got i the, would venture the to guess stuff. that they are connected yeah, because think, yeah. you you hear that
3: that train whistle in this song you also hear it in all my dreams as well
0: ah right. right. yeah interesting one day we will crack the secrets of the sith but today that
3: we got that data. we got to go to Minneapolis and crack the ball. Now we're
0: talking.
3: Four men arrested
0: in Minneapolis. <laughs> trying
3: yeah. to break into Prince's vault. And all four men name is Michael Dean. <laughs> yeah, <right.
0: laughs> Michael yeah. Dean, one, two and three, four. Yeah. Oh, no. Nah. Big Ken.
3: Oh, it's nothing to add just to say, you know, it's. It's great. Uh, love your boys, Eric Leeds, Atlanta Bliss doing their thing on the track. I love that that train effect, like Ernie was talking about on the beat. The train effects. It's an excellent track. Although I think this, I I'm not sure Wendy and Lisa are in this. I think this is mostly all Prince and just uh, you know all, Prince did all this stuff on here, from what I understood. You might I could be, right. be wrong. Yeah, yeah I, I could be. Wrong. No, I, think I, right. play, I think he played everything and then just added the horns. And I love how he's doing that. He got that bass thumping going throughout the whole song, man. He's popping that bass all the way through. So it's an excellent track. I'm with you on that ten. Yeah,
1: I just want to believe that Wendy and Lisa have some involvement with it. As
2: crazy as this is, that's all. <laughs> they could. They, may pop, they could have possibly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, big sexy. What's your quick take on this track?
2: You know, following up on the Wendy and Lisa contribution, if any, to this, even if they didn't play on it, you can you can hear. F- You know their influence with things from this time period, and honestly, I miss the three of them working together. So, you know, because more great music is still to be made from those three, if they could just figure out how to, you know, resolve whatever differences or, you know, disputes they have. Because there's so much more they have to offer. You know, they're doing their fans a disservice by not by not doing it.
1: All right, yeah. all right. unfortunately, Slash and Axl will play first before that right. happens, I think. Oh, That's damn.
0: <laughs> all right, moving right along. Next song is uh, Lisa. Um, it's funny, I was playing this for my friend, and she was like, is he saying Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, <let's come> on. <laughs> I was like, no, that would be hilarious, though. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, I will say this honestly. I, I've heard this song before, but I never fully listened to it and I never really gave it the time. Every time it would come on, I would skip it because it just sounded like some old wild print stuff. I was like, eh, ah, this uh, it's not my scene. Now, I recently really sat down and listened to it because I really listened to this. This is my joint right now. <laughs> like, once they get past the first, I mean, and it starts getting into it and it starts funking it, I was like, I was like, what? This is... I can see my man with the black bikinis on, you know, the blown out perm and sweat, <laughs> you know, he's, you know, he's dancing, jumping, this is, this is hot, man, like, I like this song, I mean, it's just, it's 100% Prince, you know, it's just very straight to the point Course, you know, what the song is called, I'm gonna write a song called Lisa, how you guys gonna, gonna go, Lisa, <laughs> and, you know, and that's it. Oh, Okay, but I mean, it, it's just—it's just that print, you know—it's that dirty mind, prints, and I—I I love it. And the sound quality on this is great. Um, so, man, two thumbs up, two nuts up, whatever. I love this track. Um, Big Ken.
3: Yeah, I agree, man. I mean, this this song is was made around dirty mind time period. It does the vibe of it though is slightly different though from what the rest of the Dirty Mad album is what the rest of Dirty Mad album seems to be a little bit more, you know, more raw. You know what I mean? For lack of a better term. So I can see why maybe he left this on the cutting room f- uh, floor, so to speak. But it's, it's great, man, especially you. Right. Once they, they get past that initial part and the guitar start coming in and that uh, synth groove gets kind of funky, man, it's, it's pretty nice. You know, it's, it's a nice track. I like it.
2: Uh, big Sexy. Back in the Dirty Mind days, a lot of people in popular music were rocking skinny ties and he's rocking some black draws. Okay. (laughs) Having said that, (laughs) now that visual is in my head now. Thank you. No problem. (laughs) But this does fit right in line with what was going on back then. And it does seem a little post-Dirty Mind pre-controversy, right in that little window, because the the synthesizers are a little more Elaborate, but they're so—I hate the phrase "dated," but fuck it, dated now. But you take the synth out, and it's straight, dirty, mind—you know, raw, stripped down, screaming. I love it. I love it. But I don't need that visual.
0: (laughs) You don't want the—you don't want the little pubes poking, Ah! the nappy pubes. Uh, that could be the name of our album Nappy Pubes but anyway <laughs> Ernie get the show back on track
1: <laughs> well you know I gotta I got I'm gonna have to thank Mike on this for having me uh, always always from this point forward, every time I hear the song, I'm gonna like, hear Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I'm playing it in the background right now, and that's all I hear when it's <laughs> at Lisa. But yeah, this is the intro track for uh, Lisa Coleman when she was first starting playing with him, and all. So this is kind of like a dedication to her. Um, you know, I don't really give this track much thought either. And um, real quick, it, it in this quality, it's much more appreciated. Um, and it's a lot better quality than anything that's ever been released before, give, give this one a listen, because this is pretty good this one is right now, it's, now bear with me it's a six, and climbing because I'm barely getting into this track, I couldn't get into it before, it was just, I, I would always pass this track, so it's a six but it's climbing
0: alright, uh, I'm gonna do something here, because this next uh, now, forget, if I'm, am I correct that nothing left to give is next? yep, okay <clears throat> I'm gonna do something that I rarely do I'm gonna play just a little bit of this because I honestly can't remember the song <laughs> used to oh okay it's say no more the, the title the is not the, yeah the it's, title it's, is it's, what it's, threw me off I was like what the hell yeah. like? okay let me just say this one of my favorite Prince songs period I love this track I don't really understand why this was not released. Uh, if I'm not mistaking the history behind this, this was done uh, Emancipation Days uh, yep. with was it Sandra St. Victor, is that her name? hmm And was she like with The Family Stone or something like that, what was that group called? Is that what she was with? Yeah. Yeah, and they did a few songs together. I think the, one of the ones I can remember was, um, God, what's the name of the, I forget the name of the song on Emancipation. Uh, anyway this was one of so, the so Sanctuary so Sanctuary yes thank you sir this is another one this song to me just screams like pop radio hit I love it and when I play this song for people they're always like who, who is this like what is this? I was like, this is Prince they're like really like wow I never heard this one this is a great song it is everything about this is dope and I don't even think he wrote this but again in great Prince I think his, I think what makes Prince Prince is that he is a great rena- re- reactionary sort of an artist where he'll take something and put his spin on it and freak it. And mm-hmm. uh, this is a perfect example of that. It's like, ugh, I don't even, I don't got to say that anymore. No For me, if I was rating something, this would be a 10 of 10. Um, I love this song. always have. Uh, I don't know if this is any different than previous versions, but brilliant to me. Big Sexy and
2: yeah, Prince was flipping by not let this one come out on, on any official uh, release because this is great. This this does say "hit" all over it, it's, and the thing is, it says "maturity" in the hit too. You know, because back in the day, he had the the, the draws and all the perceived weirdness. This says "adult contemporary" all over it, and I don't know if it, I don't because you said he didn't write this. I don't know if that's true or not. If he didn't, so be it, but it still should have come out. This is a great song. It's a great performance. Somebody in his camp blew it by not uh, pushing this one to come out.
0: Big Ken.
3: I agree, man. Great song. I've always loved it, too. Um, I I know it as Stone, just like you did. did. So when I saw the name, Nothing Left to Give, it kind of threw me for a second. But it's an excellent song. Would have fit nicely on Emancipation. I'm thinking right around somewhere in the middle of disc three, it would have been pretty good. Um, So, yeah, this one should have uh, gotten official release.
0: Day
1: dropping. Um, Real quick, 8 out of 10. Beautiful song. But you know what? Actually, I've heard of the song. Never really heard it until now. Um, But it's neat. I like it. Uh, I'll be listening to this one a whole lot more. Because uh, his voice is so clear. Mm-hmm. he sings on this i mean it's it's so it, it, this if there's a better version of this out there i don't see how so with this one here i'm going to take this one as a final version and and run with that right now it's a
0: great song it's another one an and climbing eight and climbing all right next up we should kind of make this one quick this this song has been around for a long time this is another one of those all-time favorites for me. This is, this is in, the, in the heat of the Prince, Wendy, and Lisa uh, collaboration era. Yeah. Neon Telephone. Now, there, this song was actually officially released by the band 3 O'Clock, sort of like a rock sort of band that Paisley Park put out. That version of the song, I'm just going to say right now, I respect them for doing it, but you just nobody else could do this song. Nobody could Do this better than what the original and to me it's a travesty for him to even let them touch this it just don't make any sense. this is brilliant stuff I won't even speak on it. I'm gonna go ahead and give it to day dropping
1: it, it, it this is a great song and it's it, like you said Michael this is the classic amongst folks that listen to boots and stuff great track very clear on this one I like the fact that you can hear his spoken word towards the end. A lot better on this one before. It always sounded kind of cheesy because it was so muffled. But now it works. It sounds better now. And it sounds better. It's, that's, and it's not cheesy anymore. It's it's cool. Uh, again, Lisa Wendy definitely on this one. And you know that they are the complement, the female complement to, to him. And that and it's so evident here. Songs like this, uh, Splash, right around the same era I would imagine when they were recorded. But they all, they just work. And um, it's, it's one of those classics, man. It's, this is a tent. It's a tent because it's so well done, so wacky, whimsical all over the place and, and, and yet still remains to be playful. Nice little pop jam.
0: All right. Now, uh, I, I, have a, I have a request for you, uh, Big Ken. I'm going yeah. to need you to speak on the breakdown part.
3: I got, right <laughs> I got it right. I got it. you know how I do. All I can tell you is this, man. It, it's another masterpiece. Is one of those Prince 101 tracks I spoke of earlier for sure. (laughs) Okay, To me, the thing about this song, you guys who spoke on the the whimsical aspect of it, this is a living example of contrast. And what I mean by that, it starts off nice, lighthearted, whimsical, off-the-wall groove for the first half that you might listen to or somebody might listen to, and they would foolishly think and write off that, oh, this is just a typical 80s pop tune. Then all of a sudden, wham, out of nowhere, (laughs) he downshifts into this sly, sleek, funky, seductive-ass vibe, complete with bass thumping and ride cymbals that Bobby Z is dropping in the back. Fades out too short, and now by this time you're salty because you want more (laughs) of that secondary vibe. You're pissed. (laughs) You only got like 50 seconds of it, but you're like, damn, what the hell was it I just heard? Again, Prince One Hundred One. This kind of shit here, man. Nobody else can do this kind of stuff, man. Nobody yeah. else is even capable of very this kind true. of stuff. So this is this is vintage Prince right here.
0: Yes, sir. It's, ugh, just, I ain't gonna say big sexy insect.
2: You know, I, I actually was unfamiliar with this song until very recently, <laughs> and it's. I, I know, I know. But it's, just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Kim yeah. said. It's you know, a, it, it starts.
3: Ass, man.
2: <laughs> it starts off, you know, whimsical and and poppy, and all of a sudden, blam! It gets real, you know, almost seductive. I'm like, where, where the hell was this coming from? Because when it started, I had the Billy Sparks gas race on at first, and as it just kept going and going, I'm like, okay, this is good. And then I went ahead and changed gears. I'm like, okay, this is great. You know, I have not heard the three o'clock version, but this, you know, is way underrated and. Unless by me, because I was unfamiliar with it. But now that I know it, you know, it definitely gets in the rotation.
0: All right. Next up, uh, I have next up is High Fashion Mutiny. Is that correct?
3: No, it's Love That Will Be Done, number one.
0: Okay. Right. Uh, Here's what we'll do. Uh, Day Dropping. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Go ahead and you got this one.
1: Okay love that that will be done uh recently i read up on this one i forgot the site now but they talked about it how it was a, actually begun as a prayer by Martika, and she had written these some prayers down and prince read them and said hey can i can i take this and do something with it?" she said sure he took off with it came back a couple weeks later she didn't hear nothing from him for a while it was more than a few weeks came back with this and um he she re-recorded it we know that version sent it back to him, he heard it, and from what I've read, when he first heard her version of it, it brought him to tears, because he was so moved by the way her voice was. Um, but his, I, I, I love her version. It goes on a little bit too long towards the end, but um, his version is really cool. Um, I think I kind of like hers a little bit better, because it, it kind of works more with the way she sings it, but it's just such a well-written song. Very beautiful, very uh, spiritual. And it's great. It's great. And the quality on this one is so good, though. Um, A lot better than what I've heard in the past. A little bit better. No, not not a lot. A little bit better than what I've heard in the past. Because I've heard some pretty good versions. But it's it's pretty good. Get this one. Solid. Eight. Eight and a half out of ten.
0: All right. We're going to move forward. Next up, High Fashion Mutiny. The song... As these two songs have been around for ages. Of course, these are tracks from the family, and these are Prince's versions of these songs. Uh, the only thing I, I, again, I just add to this, and we've sort of spoken on this before. You know, I just find that the song "Mutiny" is so interesting <laughs> because you know it's really, you know, Prince going at Morris and Jesse and all these sort of things. But the the thing that is just it's just so interesting to me about this is toward the end you know, when Prince is talking and you hear him saying, uh, Morris, you took, did you give? You took. And then, you know, I I think we talked about, we did that show about the Time concert that came out and and Morris had said the same thing in that concert. And I always just started thinking, man, was Prince like holding this? Like, yeah, I'm gonna get that. Yeah, I got something for you. Like, (laughs) this was him like going, I mean, this was like, You know, we see so many like beef tracks and diss tracks these days. But this was like when Prince was on his, you know, he was going at his people, you know, going at going at people. Like this was a very interesting song. Uh, It's so interesting that Saint Paul does this song, but then you know, obviously by the time the hit and run parade sort of shows start to happen, you know, Prince is doing this and he's at the same time going at Saint Paul too. You know, so it's just very interesting time but funky tracks of course i always wonder how morris would have sounded doing high fashion uh and, and how the time would have sounded with the saxophone would have been interesting um big ken uh just go ahead and hand, can you just speak on these two tracks and what's your take on these two?
3: Oh yeah it's just re- very quick man like i said before man it's prince 101 it's just nasty funk from start to finish 85, 86, around this time period, man, Prince was in a serious zone. He was not to be trifled with, and it just shows right here, man. I mean, this is nasty, and it's really cool to hear these back-to-back, you know, connected, you know, basically there's one big track with him doing it versus the way the family does it. And the way the family did it, it was great, too, but, you know, I prefer this one.
0: It Doesn't, like, one of these songs contain uh, a bass guitar or something that's no, not in the release version?
3: Yeah, I think it's Mutiny. Mutiny. Yeah. All right. Yeah, This is excellent
1: stuff, man. Yeah. I, I would just add this. I sure, wish he ahead. would do more stuff like this where he goes from one track to another track to another track, just like he did with Under the Train, with I, uh, I Wonder You and, and and those tracks right there where they all meld together one to the other. That's beautiful stuff.
0: I wish he'd do more of that now. Yeah. You know, it's funny you bring it up real quick. If you look back, most of his work is like that. Oh, at least back in those days, Ooh, right? Back then, um, yes, so, it's true. You know the songs that's going to be on the part two of this um, rebirth of the fresh. You know, goes into the ball, which goes into uh, joy repetition. Um, you know, the uh, our destiny goes into roadhouse. There's a lot of his stuff that it was just these seamless sort of transitional pieces that he was doing. Very, very interesting stuff. Um, empty room. We're gonna go to. Big, sexy, and sack.
2: You know, Empty Room is one of those songs that had been almost mythical because you'd hear about it a lot. And now now that it's been out a few years in various incarnations, and the first time I heard it was back in 95, I saw the video for it on one of the... Uh, oh, geez, I forgot the name of it. One of the European uh, Prince collections. This version... Has this lead guitar that I had never heard before right at the beginning, this guitar edition, and I believe are like two or three versions of this song. This one, it, to me, isn't as strong as the other ones, but the emotion is still there, still captured in it. But I've heard this song so many times, I don't really have anything to add to it except that you know the arrangement is a little different and the and the production is a little different. But I've heard this. I like it, but I've heard this.
0: All right. right. Day dropping.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I'll, I'll piggyback on that as well. But this is one of those tracks. This is one of those live tracks, you know, where it, it sounds, it'll it sound good in the studio, but you just want to know how it's going to sound live. Yeah, I've heard this before. Many different incarnations on this one live. They all sound good. It's like trying to find a bad version of The Question of You live. You, you're not going to find it. You're not going to find a bad version of Empty Room live. At least I don't. I never have. This is this is this is made to be played live and sound as mini epic as it does in this version here. It's a good track. I've heard it before. Again, like Big like Tech said, um, but as as it stands, the quality is very crystal clear on this one. Very good. Um, and yeah, it's solid. Solid. I'm gonna give it a seven because it's nothing really new to me, but it's it's good.
0: All right. Uh, we will move along, but I will. You know. Ken, did you want to get on that one?
3: Oh, no, just really, you know, Empty Room is a favorite of mine, man. I agree with those guys. Uh, This version is nice, different arrangement, but I prefer um, one of the versions. I think it's either 93 or 94. You know, it's just to use Ernie's term, it seems more epic. You know, the, the guitar is more just loud and it's more expressive. You know what I mean? So I prefer that version, but this is a good version as well, though. So it's just a good song, period.
1: Ken, would that be around the time when he was with the trio? Is this his
3: Yeah, because remember, they, he used to play this song a, a lot in concert, you know, around Undertaker days and, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, all, all that type of stuff with, with the, uh, you know, uh, Morris Hayes and that crew, yeah. you know. Well, it's, play. A, it's a
1: guitar song, for some it's, it's a guitar, exactly. It's a so, guitar song. And, this and he one was so
3: guitar back then that it worked. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, this, and I like those versions, you know, better, a little mm-hmm. bit more than this one. But this is a nice arrangement, though, anyway. Still a good guitar. Yeah.
0: All right, now is the next song chocolate? Yep. yep. Okay. Chocolate. Uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll just go to Big Ken on this one. We've heard this version before. What's your take on?
3: Yeah, this is real quick. This is vin- Vintage 83 Prince. Crazy, funky track. To me, it's hilarious as well as I'm sure it is with both of you guys. I, I love uh Well, I have to pose this question which came first, the chicken or the egg? Is Is Prince impersonating Morris through this song, or uh, or does Morris, when he does that voice, is he impersonating this character that Prince does? I'm not necessarily sure, but however it works out, I mean, it's just too funny, especially with the whole waiter bit, you know, you know, <laughs> you know all that, that's just tight to me, man. I end up cracking up every time I hear it. I can easily see him acting a fool during the recording of this, man, so it's classic track, man. Not much to say beyond that. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Uh, We will just continue to move forward on this one. Uh, Wouldn't You Love to Love Me? Um, Is this number? Does this have a number on it? Number two. Number Number two. two. All right. Um, uh, Again, this is one of those tracks I remember hearing on the Studio Nights uh, boot back in the day, and it blew my mind. I find this to be one of the funkiest things uh, ever. Just uh, to me, this is just I love it because it's recorded very simple and it's just straight to the point And it's a great song. And I like the way he sings it uh, in the uh, I love this. I still this still goes on any playlist that I put still up there to this day. I, I rocks this heavy, heavy, <laughs> <laughs> big, sexy and sack. What's your take on this?
2: You know it is so stripped down from the version that i believe tasha saville did and you can hear obviously he wrote it you can hear all the uh the elements the components of it and this version of it it sounds like it's like almost like that others oh geez, i forgot the name of it the one where he's playing the piano and just singing that song what was that oh
0: i can't love you anymore
2: thank you it's it's kind of like that it's like he's just tinkering in the studio hey let me put, let me get this down Puts up, puts out the little electric synthesizer, hits record, boom, here we go, and it's great. It's great. It's just so basic and so so at the beginning of the composition. It's just great. I think it's the beginning of a great song as in this format. I think it's well done, and he should have kept this one too.
0: Yeah, and this is this recording. I believe is dating back from like '79. Uh like, he could he could have easily had putting this on put this on the album man this would have been a banger oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah this this is uh, day dropping what's your rating on this one
1: my rating on this one it, because it, it sounds so much better than the other versions that I've heard I'd have to give this one a solid nine I could see the B G singing this one and, and making it sound cool the way he sings the chorus man I, I love that I have to I have to say that the little layering on it it I'm gonna say it sounds cute. And it's and, and it's
0: cool, man. But it's cool.
1: Yeah, you know it works. It works,
0: man. Let's let me ask this question, uh, jumping off for a second. Now, this was one of the songs uh, rumored that Prince offered to Michael Jackson, I, I believe, for the Bad album. Um, there's no question in my mind if Mike would have done this; it would have been big. I, I can say that because anything Mike would have done at that point was big. But if it were people, that was like, oh, this is a Prince joint that's Mike's doing. I mean, it's a dope cut, and Mike's putting his spin on it. I think this would have been, this would have been a classic for the books, man. i it never would've. heard that, that. That wow, yeah,
1: that's blowing my mind. There, I imagine what what would have happened there. That would have been some stuff.
0: Yeah, I think it would have been crazy. I think so. All right, moving right along is uh, open books that where we're at. Yep. Uh, yeah. Big Ken.
3: Uh this is gonna be quick. This is okay track to me, man. I mean, honestly, it's kind of bland for my taste. It, it doesn't really do much for me, so you know, moving right along.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, big sexy inside.
2: Uh, you know, I hadn't really heard this before. I got this collection of it, and I don't want to say, say that it's bland, but I'll
3: say it for you: it's bland.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it just hasn't really really resonated and grown on me yet. You know, I could definitely, there are things in it I hear that I like, but overall it's kind of just just there. You know, it's just not offensive, but not a standout, just, it's just there. All
1: right, Day Dropping. Uh, I'm going along with what the guys are saying. The song is too long. If it got edited down and more tight that way, it's it not. would probably easier. This is one of those, it, it's that, um, really rich chocolate that you have to take little nibbles of. You can't take the whole piece of it's just too rich. It's too much dark chocolate, this song. And, and it's it, it needs to be condensed a little bit. Okay.
0: Uh, then, then it's palpable. You know? All and right. It's okay. It's a five. It's high. All right, five. Uh, now I believe we're at the last track here in this collection. Uh,
3: no, you got oh. All My Dreams and then Love is a Losing Game.
0: Yeah, with Andy Allo. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Like I said, we're at the last song in this collection. exactly. <laughs> 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 no disrespect to. Alo, I'm just Joking. Um, well, uh, go ahead and do the. Which one comes next? All My All Dreams. My d- okay, that's the last one. So, All My Dreams. Yeah, what can you say? Classic. Yeah, 10. We've heard this before. I think <laughs> we've even talked about this before. Uh, classic Prince joint. Uh, if you have not heard this, this is. I would hope this is. I don't know if this was. I don't, is, is this Prince one on one, Ken, or is it kind of just well, one one oh,
3: two? For sure, yeah. I got yeah. Okay. You know that's right. To me, it's a it's a masterpiece of the highest order in my book. All right. You know, I mean, honestly, we've talked about it before, but you know, the only thing I, I had to add is uh, when I was listening to this last night, you know, pre- uh, preparing for this this podcast. It just took me back to the first time that I actually heard this, and I, I can't remember even where I got it from. I, I, I got it off some boot, and I don't even remember what the name of the boot was. It was very low quality, but still, you know, this was the first time I had heard this song, and I'm listening to it, and it's it's funky. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm digging this, and then it gets to the part where, you know, Prince starts talking with that slow down voice, right? And I'm, I remember thinking, oh, this is real cool. Sounds real trippy, right? But then, soon after that, you get to this bridge, you know, where, you know, Wendy says, you know, Lisa, I'm going to give you the brush and you can paint the side of the train. You know, that part <laughs> <laughs> that came Way on, man. That, that, that part <laughs> comes on, and I, I remember it like it was yesterday, man. The bass line kicks into this double time. Uh, the beat switches to this muted snare kick drum type sound like he uses in the long version of Kiss. Lisa's throwing down just waves of chords on the piano, complete with the train whistle that we were talking about before. That's blowing in the background all the while prince is still talking in this slow down voice and i'm trying to discern what he's saying and i'm just standing there like looking at my speaker man head blown how's the how's the old double x poxy cut go head crack head crack (laughs) i was like oh my god this is so funky so psychedelic abstract and i just i was just like how in the world does this dude come up with this stuff man I mean, it's a bona fide Desert Island cut to me. I mean, I think it's, I'd even put it, I'd say it's one of his best best tracks ever. I mean, you might might put this up in the top 10. And, you know, Prince got a lot of cuts now. I'd have to throw it in the top 10 somewhere.
1: All right, all right. It'd be in a lot of people's top 10s, I'm sure. You put this one, the the full long version of Crystal Ball back to back and and just be happy all day. Yes, you would.
0: All right, and just to be completist, uh, speak on the Andy Allo. I have actually I've have I haven't heard it. It's not on my copy. Uh, Big, uh, sexy in the sack. Do you have that version? Have you heard it?
2: You know, I, I have the version, and to me, I like Andy Allo, but this one, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's just her and a little guitar, and personally, just for me, I think it's too soon to be covering Amy Winehouse. Because, Amy, this is one of her staple songs. Now, I understand people do things as a tribute and whatnot, but, eh. And the production of it isn't really the best by any leaps of the imagination. Having said that, though, let me give Andy Allo a little little plug here. Uh, for those of us who have DirecTV, she's going to be doing a show on their Guitar Center sessions, I think, next month.
1: Oh,
3: I so, look out for
2: that. So mm-hmm. be looking out for that.
1: All right. But
3: it is a little odd that this song is included on this set, though.
2: Yeah, I mean it. it does It is definitely
3: really fit, but I mean it's a nice song, but it doesn't fit.
1: You know, if they if nobody had told me that that it was Prince playing the guitar, I'd have no idea. And really, the problem that that I have with this track with the on the production at, level, level, I don't know if, if uh, maybe it's my copy, or your guys' copy. You get that weird, odd hiss that begins at around twenty seconds, and it seems to get greater and greater and greater as the track goes on. Maybe I don't know it was speakers or something, but it's a it's an okay track, but I, it's not something that I would ever recognize. You know.
0: Agreed. All right, we'll we'll call it there. So that was our review of the first half of Perfect Unreleased Prince, uh, which is a collection of unreleased songs and released different versions of released songs. Um, Definitely a lot of good stuff here. Um, Some things we've heard before. uh, Some things heard in different versions, different sound quality. Uh, Definitely worth listening to. um, let me let me just ask this last question and wrap it up. If you were to give this to, uh, this collection, this first half, to a sort of just a casual sort of Prince fan, do you think that they could appreciate this, or they would just be like, "Ho hum"? They can. I
3: don't know. I don't know. There there are a few iconic songs on here that you know we talked about that maybe these people could get into, but I don't know. I think the range might be too great. You know what I'm saying? To really, you know, for, for, somebody, for the layman, the layperson to, to get into, to truly understand. I mean, it, you might have a 50-50 shot of that happening. Okay. It's hard to say.
0: All right. Well, we are going to say thank you to everybody for listening and checking The Prince Podcast out here on Podcast Juice. Be tuned for part two to this where we do the other half you got the first beautiful. side, right? We get to the other side, and uh, we're going to get into things and check all that good stuff out. So with that, we bid adieu. Gentlemen, thank you, and uh, we will see you guys next time on Prince Podcast. Peace.